This 2020 NBA Draft Lottery episode is sponsored by GEICO. Tune in on Thursday at 7 for the Wizards Draft Lottery Preview Show. GEICO is now offering an extra 15% credit on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for more. Here we go. It's another edition of Full Court Press. I'm Dave Johnson, along with Glenn Consort, and we're pleased to be joined by our good friend, Frank Ross, the Vice President of College Personnel for the Washington Wizards. But I go back to the days when he was at American University with, with Frank Ross. I, that goes way, way back in, in the days with my man, Frank, and, he, and we still get about that, and we have a lot of fun. But, uh, Frank, uh, first of all, we'll, we'll check in with you. How you doing? And, and obviously, just by, as I say, your title uh, – the NBA draft is something you have to get ready for. So what's going on right now with Frank Ross? Well, one of the main things that's going on with me is always trying to find a, a, a quiet spot in the house because, you know, the kids are in the house and they got two dogs. And so that's, that's the most important thing whenever I'm going to uh, get on a conference call or Zoom. But, um, I, you know, the, the, everything's changed. Um, but one of the things is, as far as this, the whole scouting piece um, we, you know, after March 12th, I came home from the SEC tournament and that was, that was the last time I was out. But what I will say, the, I think the, the, the good thing about it was, uh, with when the, uh, uh, coronavirus, uh, broke out and we had to have social distancing and stay at home orders. I think one of the, the good things about it was that we were at toward the end of the season conference tournament. So we had done a bulk of the work. If it, this had happened in the beginning or if this, like if this had happened in, you know, December, we wouldn't have had the, uh, the bulk of the work. So um, in that regards, we've done the bulk of the work. And now it's just doing some fine tuning with um, some of the platforms that we watch video on. Yeah, you know, Frank, I was going to mention that, you know, that with technology the way it is and all the film that you have now on the players – uh, but things have changed in, in scouting players. Um, when I was scouting, um, you know, yeah, they had Chicago's camp and they had Portsmouth, but they didn't bring players in uh, for individual workouts at the time. We were handwriting scouting reports uh, and faxing them into, uh, you know, the, the uh, director of player personnel and um, everything was handwritten. And it, it's interesting because now – you know, there is no Chicago. There is no Portsmouth. There, you can't bring players in because of COVID. Uh, you have done the work. But what else have you seen change uh, when, when trying to analyze um, a player right now and, and make sure they're a good fit for you for what you guys are looking for? Um, I, this is, I believe, my 18th year uh, scouting. So, I, if I had to look back and say, and, and, and you know, come from back to now and some of the things that have changed, um, one of the things um, is definitely that uh, we digging deeper as far as gathering the intel on the guys. I mean, you know, getting different sources and, um, and, and going to different, uh, different layers. Um, I think uh, back when I first started, we, we you know, um, and just like even when you talked about when you scouted, um, you weren't going that deep as far as digging into the, the intel piece. And so, and then also now, even going to practices are, um, are a, uh, a high priority. And one of the things that I like to have our guys do, and I even do, um, is to go just sometimes just, you know, if you're out, you, you got a day in between that you don't have a game to, 
maybe, you know, filling in with a practice with uh, a school that's in the area because you can go in and watch guys and they actually not even know you in the gym. I, I, I very, I won't even say very seldom. I never wear um, any wizard's gear when I go out and scout because I just want to blend in. So you can go in and watch practices. And, and sometimes, you know, you might've seen guys two or three times practicing and, and that helps in terms of going in once you get into the season um, or as, as you evaluate them, you can kind of look at them, um, you know, how, how's his, how are his practice habits? So that's, that's one of the things with the intel and the practices that really become some of the things that we really want to dig into. In some ways, uh, the practice you just described, is that almost even more important? Because if you're looking at draft picks, they're all good, and everybody mm -hmm. in the NBA is good, so something's got to separate them. Yeah, that's a very uh, a valid point there, Dave. Because see, I like to go in and watch a guy. You know, if he's if he's at a if he's at a big school, you know, if it's or or even is at a small school in terms of checking guys out after, like you know, it was a big it was a big win the next night, uh, the night before, or it was a or it was a bad loss the night before. You know, is he gonna be the same guy? Is he the same guy after a big win, and is, or is he the same guy after a bad loss? So you can pick up some of those things. So I definitely say that's, that's, that's important. Frank, I know, you know, at least when I was scouting, you know, AAU wasn't what it is now. Um, you know, obviously, you know, during the COVID times, we, you know, we don't have it this year. But, you know, it, it has changed things. You know, the, it, it's escalated players um, – it has promoted players. It's also maybe created a one-and-done scenario where these guys are looking uh, to, to, you know, to go out in one year and they don't have the four years that, or even three years that they used to. How, how difficult has that made it on you guys, scouting the one-and-dones and scouting from the AAUs? Because you got to do your intel there, too. Right, right yeah. Um... And that's another thing as far as a change, because see, when I first started scouting, we could go to the AAU events. So you could actually, you know, watch guys. Because I remember watching Rudy Gay, Kevin Durant, uh, Dwight Howard, all those guys playing at AAU, Randolph, uh, uh, um, the kid uh, Randolph that came out of um, Atlanta. Yeah, no, um, big kid. that New York drafted him, I believe. Um, uh, drawing a blank on his first name. But um, we, at that time, we could go out and watch the, um, the AAU stuff. So you could, you could see guys starting, you know, their, say, their 11th grade year playing AAU, then they go into their 12th grade year. So then you still – then we go into practice as well and watching them. So with, with that being removed when they changed the rule, that, um, that took those evaluations away from us. So um, it's important, you know, to have a network of people that you can talk to within the – the, uh, the grassroots to, you know, can kind of help you out and give you uh, valid information because, you know, just uh, one thing I say about Intel and gathering Intel, all Intel is, is, is not the uh, end all be all because sometimes you got to go to a, di a different level layer where you can get the, the person that's going to really give you the accurate information as opposed to good kid, great kid. Oh man. I mean, he, this guy will put his coat down for old ladies walking across the street, you know, and let them, you know, so they don't feet don't get wet. So it's, it's important to have that network be, because of that. Like, as you're saying, we have such a, a small window to evaluate one and done guys. So that that's, 
definitely valuable. And then we can watch him. We can watch him in the um, Jordan Classic Hoop Summit, and then the uh, McDonald's game. So that's basically it. And then now they're in college, and then you play 30 college games, and next thing you know, he's that guy's on the draft board. So you know you have to, you know, you, and even sometimes watching them in those environments, you don't really you don't see a whole lot until they get into the college, the uh, prospective college that they've decided to go to. And then you see him, but then you may, the guy, you know, and the one thing I always say about freshmen is that, um, cause I even go back to my freshman year. It's almost like anything you do good as a freshman and you probably can relate to this as well, Glenn, because you played is that, you know, if you, if you, you know, it's uh first freshman in tie shoes consecutively before the, you know, four minute mark, because they're always looking for something that, you know, to, to have for freshmen. So, you know, in terms of to, to put out for the media. So sometimes, you know, I always, uh, always have to go back to even when, you know, coming up during my time, I, I remember watching Lynn Bias as a freshman. I, I always go back and say, well, if you saw Lynn Bias as a freshman, you, you wouldn't have probably liked him because Lenny was, he was immature at the time. And he, you could, you know, he had some, he had the athleticism, but he, by the time Lynn Bias was a senior, everybody loved Lynn Bias, you know? So you have to be mindful of that when you're looking at some of these freshmen that you can't grade them on the same scale as you grade in a four year guy because they're one year guys. And that brings up an interesting dynamic uh, because you know, it's a different league than like when you were drafted in the fifth round by the Sixers back in the yeah. day. Which was wrong. Which was wrong. I should have been higher, <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other show, Dave. But that is a whole other show. But there were so many rounds back then, and, and there were so few spots. And there was the, the CBA, but there was not this formal minor league situation, if you will. It, right. it, the G League, and I, and I say minor league, it's actually just a, a part of your development now, the, the pro team in in all these NBA cities, Capital City, Go-Go are training and practicing with the Wizards, and we've seen how effective that's been. So given that, and given that we, you know, you now do have this situation with G League where you can develop players that don't go four years in college in the G League, how has the G League impacted your job and and how you're you're drafting players in a draft that only has two rounds? Um. From well, one thing we you know with adding the go go we have a we have a full time staff that um, you know that they monitor and they you know uh, Pasmisa Bansu is the GM and they they monitor the G League so they do a good job with that so you know, there's a there's good dialogue going there so the thing that's helped helped me is that because if you're trying to watch college NBA games. And G League games, that's a lot of games going on and trying to stay abreast on all the players in the respective leagues. So what they they with adding the go-go and having the full-time staff, that has taken that off of our plate in, in terms of having to monitor that um, very closely because they monitor. So, you know, we work closely with them. But in terms of when you're looking at a guy, you you know, you have to ask yourself, or is this a guy that can help the varsity right away? Or is this a guy that needs to be put into the G League system under Exhibit 10 or a two-way contract and, and will need to develop? Um, so, uh, you know, when you, that, that definitely has changed since we've, since we've added the G League and then added our team. You know, is, it, is this guy good enough for the go-go? Or is this guy, um, is he a Wizards guy? Frank, you know, when, a lot of people don't realize this about you. And, and you were one of the top players in the country at AU. 
uh, one of the leading scorers in the country at AU, one of the leading scorers in the CAA. Um, and to some degree, coming out of high school, you were a, a late bloomer. Um, you got recruited um, going into your senior year. And, uh, you, you know, I, I do remember you playing at AU back in the day, and, and you kind of had a little chip on your shoulder, um, uh, which, you know, in a positive way, in a very positive way that seemed to have helped you. When you look at players now, when you when you evaluate players now, do you kind of gravitate towards that type of a kid sometimes? And because you could relate to it, you lived it, you've experienced it. Yeah, definitely, Glenn. Um, I gravitate to guys that can put the ball in the basket, and then and guys that have that chip on their shoulder. And uh, I remember when I was with, uh, with the Thunder, we were still in Seattle at the time. That was one of the things that really stuck, uh, stood out with me with Russell Westbrook. He had that chip on his shoulder. He had been overlooked. He wasn't a McDonald's guy. He, what, he didn't start until Darren Collison um, got hurt, and then he got a chance to start. So definitely that's something that I look at. And, 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 you know, and for me, when I look at a kid at a mid-major school, if he doesn't have that chip on his shoulder, it, it, sometimes it, it kind of strikes a chord with me because – you know, I, I expect those guys to have that chip on their shoulder. Well, there's so many of them, if you think about it. You know, like, look at where Damian Lillard came from and look where Steph Curry came exactly. from. You know, exactly. so many guys like that, um, to me, makes the draft interesting because if you look at the history of the NBA draft, so, you know, you, you want to do a do-over and you go, whoops, this guy should have been up here, this guy should have been down here. It's so – in the NBA, it's hard to – it's hard right. to – players because of that but but there's got to be something based on what you've been through as a player um that you're looking for you know it's maybe the intangibles yeah definitely that you know that that chip on the shoulder um then also I'm looking for guys that that have such they have a big passion for the game and you know and if they're type the type of guys that if the league were to shut down tomorrow they still trying to find a place to play just you know, and because that's how I was. And, you know, if I, in, in just watching guys in practice and guys that really, you know, they, they're very um, uh, fierce competitors. You know, they hate losing. And, I mean, they're guys, you can be on a losing team, but still hate to lose. It still should bother, you know. And, and so just because you're at a smaller school and, and, and your team is losing and you're a good player, you should, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be uh, complacent with because your team losing, we're not that good. And so, yeah, th those are some of the things that I, I really look for in guys and, and, and guys that, uh, uh, that get after people defensively, too, um, oh. and, and have, that, have that, that fire that, you know, and this, this is one thing, like if I go watch a mid-major play, if I'm going to scout uh, a mid-major guy and he's playing against a, uh, a, uh, one of the, the power schools, if he doesn't come out breathing fire, that bothers me. Because he should be coming out breathing fire and say, "I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove to them that I'm, I'm better than them or just as good as those guys." Well, and not to oversimplify things, but doesn't that get back to what we've been? That's why you can't scout like we well think we're scouts because we watch it on TV, but you can't <laughs> right. scout uh, from from your your couch. Right. Um, and <laughs> all these these things we call intangibles, we should probably put a capital I by, because whether it's Michael Jordan or whoever. I mean, think about he, how he came in the league with the chip on the shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. Again, it gets back to the, the thesis that 
everybody's good in the NBA. So what's going to make you last in the NBA? Yeah, definitely. You, 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 you know, and that's, it's, that's what guys don't realize in terms of you can be in the league for two years and then you're gone. So to your point, Dave, when you get into, when you, if you, if you're fortunate enough to get into the NBA, you have to come in and you have to be so focused and so driven and so competitive that you fight your way onto getting onto the floor, however it may be. And like like Robert Pack, who's on our coaching staff, you know, Pack and I talk about, um, uh, you know, different players and, and that mindset because Robert Pack was a guy that didn't, didn't get drafted. He, he was a guy that actually, went to out to the uh he played summer league and they they played uh i think um uh, when he's out in california they he his summer league team was playing practicing on the outdoor court and he got a, then when he got a chance to go when he got a chance to you know the game started he worked his you know he he already had his mindset had that chip on his shoulder so you have to have that mindset that and, and then when he got got in the camp he got in the camp he 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 forged his way onto a roster and, you know, and I, and I go back to even when I went into camp, you have to have a certain mindset when you when you come in the, in the door that you're not trying to fit in. You're not trying to be somebody's friend. You're trying to, I'm trying to, you know, you should be coming in. I, I'm trying to get a job. And I need, if I got to take somebody's job, then so be it. Frank, you know, I've been in the war room many, many, for 20 years, it seems like, maybe more. Um, you, you know, you got players lined up. Um, but, you know, I, and I've scouted for two NBA teams, and it seems like it, many teams have different philosophies. I've been in meetings and scouting meetings where, oh, we really need a guard. Uh, we really need a big man. Um, this guy's the best player. You know, uh, let me ask you, you know, typically, you know, is it based on need when you look to draft a player, or is it best player available? And you'll figure out a way to, you know, get this guy into our system. For example, the Wizards with guards. You know, look, you got Brad and John, right? John's healthy. You know, you, you got some, you know, do you pass up on a great guard because you already have guards that might be the best player in the draft that you might be able to get? Well, you know, talent can get you need. And what I mean by that is if there is, if there is a, a player that's not at the position that you want, but he's the best player uh, available at that time, Sometimes you, you know, you can, if you draft that guy, then you, you know, you possibly can get the player you want via that talent you just drafted. So it's always based off of the, the talent part. You know, the, the, you always want to, because the, the need that you might have at that, at that point when you're picking might not be as talented as the guy that's there that's the most talented on the board. So you definitely always want to, you know, look at the talent piece because, as I said, talent can always help you address your need down the road. And also we become a more positionless game as well. So that that's changing things. We're running out of time here with Frank Ross. Uh, and I know uh, just give us, we can't talk about specific players, but a final question to you, just your sense of how ready you, this team is for the draft and, and what you're expecting. Uh, we, we're definitely um, ready. We've been um, having zoom calls and, uh, or, or calls on team rather, and um, with with our scouting staff. So we we like as I said before, we've done the bulk of the work, and we're just fine tuning things now. So if the draft is if the draft is next month, if the draft is in September, we're we're, we're we'll be ready. So um, 
and and you know we're just still going through uh, and, and want to make sure that you know whatever player that we get uh, that we draft that he has all the intangibles that we want in terms of you know fitting our culture you know it's uh, going to work hard and type of guy that or type of player that uh, you know you don't have to coach his effort um, and and that's one of the things that uh, you know we we definitely want to make Coach Brooks's job a lot easier from the standpoint he shouldn't have to coach effort on a nightly basis. <laughs> well, just like, like he was. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. But, you know, I, I know that, you know, you, you know, you guys make a lot of decisions. But I know in, in your house, your daughter, uh, your beautiful daughter, is it Lily? Yes, Lilybug. <laughs> okay. Lil, now, if you, if you had two players to pick, Right in the NBA draft, but Lily tells you to take the one you don't want to take. <laughs> I know she rules the roost there. What do you do? I, I think at that point, uh, Glenn, I'm gonna have to overrule Lily Bug because I'm gonna say, really? like, you still want to eat, don't you? So we got to make sure we <laughs> the right player. <laughs> still want to eat. Maybe we'll put so that cute. as a hashtag. Maybe we'll put that as a hashtag. I thought you were gonna have her on with us, man. I thought you were gonna bring her on. <laughs> She would take over. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, just like he was ready as a player, Frank Ross is ready for the NBA draft, whatever it is. Uh, Frank Ross, the vice president of college personnel for the Washington Wizards. Frank, great to catch up with you and spend some time with you. Uh, you guys, too. I, I miss seeing you guys' faces. So this was a, this was a breath of fresh air. 